What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forging Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameribraid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to Marybraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. Oh, 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 Merry Christmas, people. It's the Hustle and Grind podcast. I'm Noah from Minnette River Forge. With me is Ryan. And uh, this episode is for the boys. <clears throat> this episode is for the boys. And uh, so we just got a couple of our buddies on here to do a special Christmas episode. We got your boy, Micah D. Uh, what up? Great state of Texas. And uh, Jeremy from 419 Forging. What's going on, boys? Howdy, howdy. Jeremy, you're in Ohio. Yeah, right? after that very nice uh, Texas introduction, I was like, oh, what's he going to have to say about Ohio? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you something about Ohio. Is hey, that Ohio is for lovers. <laughs> uh, uh, if you got that reference, then I applaud you. Uh, Ohio, I'll tell you what I think about Ohio. I think Ohio is the state that is... R- trying its best to rival florida man and ohio's doing a i mean florida man's still king but i mean ohio ohio man wisconsin man y'all are trying so i mean keep up keep up the good work there's some some solid stuff coming out of ohio ohio i'm honestly a little proud because you haven't had a single main story yet because nobody lives there (laughs) that's true there's especially now we just had a big storm last week it washed away all the homeless our state's gonna be beautiful again oh man we're gonna go there right off the bat it was a doozy did you guys hear about that did they play show any of that in the news the big storm we had i don't watch the news (laughs) you saw saw the picture i posted of all the telephone poles blown over Mm -hmm. yeah i saw that and then will from maine had a uh post about some pretty high water that's all i know about it though we had 70 plus mile an hour winds the weather report before the storm was like a little rain (laughs) 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 and it ended up being floods everywhere those telephone poles were right next to my work. I had just driven past them like an hour earlier. And then there's th- three of them snap, snap, snap right in a row. Dang. There's like 1.3 million people in the state. 400,000 of them lost power. Dang. Some of them still don't have power. Just from those, just from those poles falling over. Not just those three fuck face. It was all, <laughs> like statewide. It was a huge storm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got lucky. My house is on the grid for the mill and mills and hospitals are the two things they don't let lose power here. So 
I, I hardly ever lose power at my house. Everybody else is like, I'm freezing. My food is bad. And I'm like playing Xbox. And <laughs> yeah, like, You're a dick. Oh, oh man. <laughs> you don't invite or, anyone over. No. <laughs> no. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk to the guys about what has been going on. There's been plenty of work that I've seen being done on the interwebs, on the social medias. Everybody cramming for Christmas. Mikey, you've been doing some some waffle action recently. Been doing really good with that. How's uh, how's everything been going this month with uh, cramming for Christmas and all that stuff? It's actually been going really good. Um, I am fully wrapped up. I've actually got I actually got fully wrapped up um, last weekend. So like everything that I needed to ship was out of state by Friday, but this last Friday and then hand delivered by Monday. So I was good to go. Like this was the easiest Christmas I think I've ever had. Um, but yeah, man, the waffle stuff has been, has been awesome too. It's, it's, it's been a a necessity because of, you know, we, I know you and me talked about that a little bit, Noah, the car trouble and crap like that, that just, you know, wonderful adulting life pops up. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I I did the first one and I had a couple people who enter regularly and they were like, Hey, since it's Christmas time, why don't you do a couple extras? So I was like, you know what? Let's freaking roll with it. So I did one to two a week and I cleared out, I think five old stock knives that I've been carrying around for anywhere from a year to a year and a half for show circuits. And, uh, yeah, now I'm ready to pump out some new stock for those things. Awesome, man. Congratulations. That's a nice. That's a great thing to hear. Jeremy, what about you? I know you haven't really been focused too much on taking orders recently because you've been busy with work and stuff. But uh, did you have Christmas orders that you had to take care of and whatnot? I did not have a single Christmas order. Oh, the last knife I finished was that Baker Forge and Tool. uh, That chef knife I did that blue handled one. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last knife I've touched. In a while. Came out dope, by the way. Damn, dude. Yeah, thanks. You know, this is a knife making podcast. You know, you have to make knives to be on here. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can make you, knives. I, I don't you know. You make knives. We just don't talk about it on the show. We talk about other <laughs> <Yeah>. random. <laughs> no, dude, this year's been brutal, like brutally slow. I don't just really. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it's uh, like, I'm not going to sit here and complain, like, oh, the economy, blah, blah, blah. I'm probably just not pushing stuff, honestly. That's probably what it is, you know, because I I don't honestly myself. And so I've been really slow this year as well. And I know that it's entirely my fault. Like I have not been advertising really at all. And I have just the right amount of orders to keep me happy. And that's the way I like it. So uh, it's uh, what's that? Uh, Brian House always talks about, you know, 50 percent selling, 50 percent making. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. I'm not doing that other 50 percent. So I'm not going (laughs) to blame anyone. Yeah, but I'm also Absolutely. not over here complaining well, like no one's buying my stuff. You know what I mean? You're, you're not going to you're not going to complain about the algorithm hating you. No, because I never I never caught one red flag the entire entire time. Oh, really? You, uh, you, you stay clear of all of it. Yeah. I mean, I have one um, one flagged comment from way back, but I guess I appealed it and it still says I'm waiting on an appeal. But Week, so weeks I'm later, I'm guessing. Oh, dude, months. Talking months, like probably oh, this geez. summer. 
I made a comment, something about if I would have tried that, I would have burned my shop down and I got flagged like instantly. Violence. Yeah. Violence. So I appealed it and it just never, they never did anything about it. So it's just still sitting there saying, waiting for a review or whatever. Yeah. With their staff of five people. That's probably. Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) I made a comment on an MMA post one time. Was like he's gonna beat his ass or something like that. We're talking about professional fighting, and instantly Instagram was like, "You can't say that." I'm like, they're <laughs> fighters. They're professional fighters. It's what they do. It's what they're talking about. Anyways, yeah. No, since I, I don't have, it. since I don't really have the orders though, and I kind of closed down. Like, oh, I'm not gonna do custom orders. Um, I just want to do some like cool new stuff. Like, I want to work on integrals, and I want to do different kinds of Damascus and stuff. Since I got the press, I fixed up my forge. I got all that. So that's, that's like what I want to focus on doing, whether it sells or not. It's not like it's feeding the family. You know what I mean? So Mm. just do what I want for a while. You need a fresh start every now and again. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going to say. I mean, have you, I know I can't, I can't remember if you and me had talked about it in a while, but have you thought about doing small shows or any of you guys for that? Because that's what, makes it easy for me to do random ass production stuff and then do all the playing around that I do with the cool stuff. 90% of the time, that's my show stock. And that's, you know, even if it's small, like I started at that Belleville show here in Texas, it's a small show, but you know, it gets people seeing your, you know, it's like, like you were saying how Brian says the whole 50%, 50% thing. We don't fully depend on this to be our, our one income. So you know, we don't have to fully do the 50%. So just, you know, doing a weekend show, it kind of makes, it kind of makes up for that, that pushing stuff out there. Because even if you get a couple people coming through buying one or two that you just wanted to come up with, Hey, winner, winner. I'm just looking ahead and I'm seeing like, I'm like right now we're working a bunch of 10 hour days. I'm driving an hour to work and then we leave for vacation in March. But starting February, I'm going to be doing 12 hour days for like two months. So it's going to be all right. But I just, I just won't have the time to make uh, any stock for shows or anything like that, you know? Well, but that's just your play around stuff is what I'm meaning. You know, if it doesn't sell while you're playing around, it's table fodder, you know? Experimentation is is a great way to learn. I've, I've learned a lot of stuff by just screwing around and just doing what I want. That's, that's the fun stuff. I I'm also a firm believer, like house's 50, 50 rule. That's a perfect rule for house and his situation being, you know, he's a businessman and he creates machinery. Most of us are more leaning towards the artist side. And we do this as like a mental relief almost. So, you know, yeah. I think m- maybe for an, uh, somebody who's an artist knife maker, not a full-time knife maker, not a production knife maker, I would say maybe 30-70 is more realistic for us. Because if, if we're going 50-50, that means that half of our time is spent doing something we don't want to be doing. Most artists will lose interest real quick if they're doing stuff they don't want to do. So it's imp- I think it's important to do what you're doing, Jeremy, and to like, you know, keep the flame alive for yourself. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not like point, it's, it's not like it's dying out for me. It's not like oh, you know, I'm getting tired of knife making. It's not so much that, you know what I mean? But yeah, twelve hour days will put a damper on everything in life. Not just uh, 
not just a side hobby. That's that's brutal, man. Twelve hour days. It's gonna be. You get up. You go to work. You come home. You eat. Shower. You go to bed. Yep, by the yep. time that's that's gonna be a forty five minute drive both ways. So you're already looking at a twelve hour day just just in work plus the drive getting up. You know, so you got time to get around in the morning. It definitely makes for a long day. Are you going to yeah. be doing, is that going to be like a four days a week or five or what? Uh, seven. S- seven days a week, 12 hour days. Yeah. But is it a, a time specific project? It's a, uh, it's a, a shutdown for a nuclear facility. They take out oh, the wow. fuel rods and then they replace them. So they want to get it done as fast as possible. So they'll have, I see. They'll I have a night great. shift and a day shift running 12 hours a day, seven days a week till it's done. Jeremy's going to have unintentional glowing handles soon. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about doing fancy handles and like, uh, you know, mood ring type stuff before. Now it's just going to be just natural glow. It'll be great. See, if I can't pocket some and send it out to you guys. Nice. Plutonium. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Depleted uranium handles. Oh, man. Yeah. for, for the FBI officers listening to this, that was a joke. That was a joke. We will not be sending plutonium through the U.S. Postal Service. Well, Jeremy's on a union anyways. So they can't touch him. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Get off me. <laughs> I discovered it, my new favorite tool in my shop. Okay. That big bandsaw that I got, I fin- like got it months and months and months ago. I finally got it working right. And... Okay. Uh, I've been using the piss out of that. So as far as wood cutting goes, that's my new favorite tool. Mm-hmm. Like my table oh, saw dude. might get retired. That thing is an animal. Dude, nice. if you get if you get metal bandsaw blades the same size as that, it's a dream for like micarta and stuff like that too. Oh, really? Yeah. I was wondering because the wood blades do not like the micarta. No, not at I all. Tried. <laughs> I was like, not at all. <laughs> So but yeah, pay the, pay the extra for the metal blade, the metal, like the bi-metal blades that'll cut and get like, I usually do like a, I think a 10, 14 tooth and uh, yeah, it's a dream for micarta and the like Bakelite stuff, all that kind of stuff like that. True stone, any of that stuff. It's nice. Awesome. That's good to know. I've, I've gotten really quick at changing the blades. The struggle. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I've gotten really good at changing the blades. The tires on the wheels were too thin. They were too skinny. So every time I shut it off, it would, and I'd turn it back on, it would kick the blade off. So I've wrecked yeah. like 405 inch long blades for it. How much are the and blades for that thing? I bought five of them for a hundred bucks, but they're like the cheapest ones you can get. So I'm down to my last two. And, but now that I've got it going good, I, I saw it up probably a hundred blocks yesterday with it. It was just one blade and you're probably yeah. plenty of life fine. still. Oh yeah. It's fine. It's and all you're nice just cutting dry wood too. Right. You're, and you're just cutting raw wood right now with it, right? Yeah. Gotcha. So then I are did. you going to use that same blade to cut those into, um, cut them into scales after they've been stabilized? I think I'm going to cut them thick like thick scales raw and then stabilize them and grind them down because they, they well, stabilize easier when they're scales. So oh, really? Small, Cause I was, I was thinking you'd yeah. lose too much material though, because then your, your grain isn't going to match up. I, I don't, I'm not a scale maker. I have no idea, but I just we'll, assumed that they always did the stabilizing first. We'll find out. I was planning on doing 
the stabilizing as while they're scales because it's easier to stabilize them when they're small pieces. That makes sense. Cool. Speaking of bandsaw blades, go ahead. No, uh, I've been running some Lennox bandsaw blades for my portaban. They mm-hmm. are trash. Really it's awful. Yeah, I don't like Lennox. I don't People recommend. Love them. I don't. Yeah, the Sorry. Milwaukee I'm... ones are pretty solid. There is a debate, and and everybody has their opinion on which porta portaban saw blade is best. And I have a theory. Are you guys ready to hear my theory? I'm ready sure. for the sarcasm. No, there's no sarcasm. This is 100%, 100% serious, man. I can't believe you think that I'd be sarcastic on this <laughs> podcast. I mean, that's just fucked up. I mean, come on. Uh, so here's my here's my opinion uh, on the differences between the, 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 the blades. And, you know, some people like Lennox. Some people like the Milwaukee ones and all that. Uh, I think they're all dog shit. And they're <laughs> probably all made in the same factory. And I think that everyone just rebrands them just like most other things in life. And uh, your opinions are founded in nothing because I've used all different types of them and they all pretty much just perform the same and they're all crap. The only blade brand I've noticed a difference with Noah is Diablo. I've never even seen those. The The red ones. Diablos. Oh, look them up They're They're about twice the money as your next, like your Milwaukee or Lennox or whatever, but they're amazing. Oh yeah. It's that extra, they have abrasive paint in there. So that's what it, it, <laughs> it helps it cut more. So you must, cause they don't, cause they sell Diablo at home Depot, but I've never seen the bandsaw blades. So do you order them online or what? I'm just speaking about blades in general. I don't have a portaband. Oh, so you then, don't know? You don't even know what you're, you're talking, talking about. about. I'm a fucking angle grinder guy. Well, then, get yeah, out of here. I mean, the Diablo angle grinder, angle grinder blades are fine, but they don't. As far as I don't think they make bandsaw blades. I'll look, I don't, right, I'll look right now. You, I thought I thought you, you got a plasma, Ryan. <laughs> it's still in the box. Oh shit! <laughs> I don't, don't want to use it in here. Because I don't have my grinding room, and there's like a quarter inch of flammable dust covering my <laughs> yeah. entire shop. So it's like you just uh, need to get a uh, like a, a leaf blower. It'll take care of that real fast. I've got obviously I've got one. Anyways, <laughs> just what put are we on a mask up? first. Open up the door. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I had yeah. a really bad experience. Nobody, nobody light a match. <laughs> I had that experience doing like a. a block of wood that had like a resin fill for a void in it and i was grinding the resin and just like my water bucket had had a layer of crap on top so it wasn't really like absorbing anything that resin dust was airborne hit a spark and flashed in my face no (laughs) that was wild that's awesome i mean yeah i'm glad you're okay shut the fuck up diablo doesn't make a port of band blade okay that's what i thought I'll just go over fuck here. myself. You can just stay over there. Me, in the angle me and Michael will have our own little conversation on the side <laughs> here. <laughs> I buy my hey. bandsaw blades from uh, from Harbor Freight, so I can't say nothing. Oh my! I don't have a porta band though. I have the the horizontal drop cut, and if I need oh. to cut anything out, I'll cut it with that. But most of the time, I'm I'm if I got to cut something, I'm going to use the plasma. It's so much easier. Well, so plasma you, doesn't work on my Carta, so 
Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, that's so why I upgraded you, my, my wood bandsaw. Um, cause I was cutting everything on that drop cut saw, but it was getting so gummed up between the oil and the fluid that I would use to cut big stacks of, uh, steel and then trying to cut micarta or carbon fiber or whatever on that, it would get all nasty on that stuff. So I upgraded my, uh, upgrade, uh, what was it? I've got like a nine inch. It's the blue one. It's not a lint. Well, I don't remember. I don't Cobalt? know. I got it off of Amazon, but it's it was a good rating, and I freaking love it. It's amazing. You'll have to send me that link after. after yeah. oh, wait, I've never had room. a. I've never had a room for that. Never band. I have the Wen nine inch bandsaw, and it sucks balls. It's fucking terrible. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I surprised. Wanted one of their horizontal ones. I mean, this is the smallest benchtop one they have. Maybe the horizontal ones are better because my air filtration on my ceiling is when and that thing works fine. Oh, it's a Rikon. It's this one. Okay. Yeah, it's freaking great. It's a 10 inch. I freaking love it. So when you say you upgraded it, I'm guessing you're talking about that metal blade that you were talking to Ryan about a little while ago. So I'll switch if I'm if I'm cutting wood, I'll do a um, like a heavy tooth, uh, like a three TPI. Yeah, yeah, three to somewhere like three, four, six, somewhere in there. Um, but if I'm if I know I'm going to prep like a bunch of my Carter stuff, um, I'll switch to a metal blade that's like ten to fourteen and mm-hmm. just run it through, and it's freaking great. It's got it's got adjust it's got two speeds I can adjust it to too, and that helps mm-hmm. with stabilized stuff um, because of how much more you know dense I guess it is with the the resin impregnated into it. So right. yeah. So you said you, you you do you do some stock removal knives for your, like your EDCs and stuff, right? Yep. What are you cutting those out with if you don't have a porta band? I if if I do if I'm doing R and D stuff. I'll, I've got a little plasma, just a hand plasma, not a table, um, okay. that I'll, I'll cut, I'll cut, you know, like the, the mini scalpels I've been doing. Um, I've, I've, I've probably cut out 30 of those now just because I haven't gotten plate to take to my, my, but I've got a buddy who, so, you know, in the end, make friends with somebody who owns a big plasma table. That way you can, <laughs> you know, throw them a knife every once in a while. And, uh, and then you just take big sheets of stuff over to them and get them to just program all that shit in and just zoop, zoop, zoop. And it's all done. Like the, uh, the pictures I posted a while back of me cleaning up just stacks and stacks of blades. That was three sheets of, uh, two of 52, 100 and one of W2 that I took out to my buddies and we cut out, I think, Something like 150, 200 knives in a day. Jeez. Yeah, between wow. kitchen and EDC stuff, just knocked them all out. And that, you know, that's all my my low-end table fodder for people at shows who are just like, well, I, I like this stuff, but I don't have, you know, $800 to spend on a knife. Well, these are 200 to 400 Um, Or if people are like calling me last minute and they're like, hey, I really need this, this, and this by this time. And I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be this price. It's not going to be forged, but it's going to be good quality steel because I'm 
handling everything with it. And they're like, oh, okay, awesome. So, yeah. Nice. That's a good way to go. You got the hookup. Yeah. Ryan, would you so, like to tell the tell the guys who's sponsoring this drivel? Uh, there's a few. There's a few, but we can just start with one, you know. We can just What's Baker got going on this week? They, they got, got drop. some Riptide. Getting caught in the Riptide there, buddy. Um It's also a great song, by the way, Riptide as well. Um they have what is it? It was like a double Damascus riptide with a copper shim, I think. And it's a super cool pattern. And yeah, riptide, copper mascus. Um, that one is live at the time of this recording. Um, so I don't know what they have coming up this week. Yet. Oh, that batch is pre-ground flat too. That's right. That's a new thing that they're doing. So it used to be when you order a, a bar of Baker, it was essentially as forged. You know, they cleaned all the edges and everything. But, uh, you know, the the faces were just, you know, as forged. Forged scale. Yeah. scale, basically. Yeah. Which is awesome if you're somebody who wants to, like, leave kind of like a little brute to forge kind of thing on the top. But not everybody wants that. So they started doing cleaned up billets. So they're all surface ground and precise for all of you lovely people out there. So like Man, I what predicted, a time saver that must be. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Like I predicted, big things are coming out of this shop from the Baker boys, uh, with their, their new, uh, their new space. And, uh, I think, uh, I think it's just going to be one right after the other of different things that they're going to be doing at this point. So get yourself over to bakerforge.com. Uh, hustle 10 gets you 10% off any order. Get yourself some gator piss, um, yeah, it's all good stuff. I'll be making a knife out of, uh, some of their stuff here soon. I just, uh, I just had a random idea of something that I wanted to do and I'll, I'll talk about it in the after show. I don't want to talk about it on the main show cause I haven't seen anybody else do it before. So something I got up my sleeve, but it's going to be with some, some Baker Forge Damascus. I'm pretty excited about. See, this is why Micah has 50,000 followers and we don't. Why is that? He's posting us on the podcast as we're recording the podcast on Instagram, which is a good idea. It's a great idea. We should do it every week. We never do it except when Mike is on. You're ridiculous, sir. I mean, well done. Not a single one of us looks. <laughs> we're all like out like in outer space. Uh, Ryan, Ryan looks like he's like, uh, you know, like fixing his hair. He's got like a. <sighs> Because I'm powdering my nose. He looks like, <laughs> looks like a, a lady from like a 50s movie in black and white. Yeah. Everybody will see that before they hear this and they'll go, oh, I know what they're talking about, but it's a story. <laughs> so they'll go back and the story will be gone by then and they can't confirm it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, oh, to see. <sighs> I didn't realize I was muted. Yeah, th- dude, those 50,000 followers haven't done crap for me, so. Yeah, isn't that weird? It sucks. Isn't that weird? I've talked about weirds that have. It was all because of that fucking spring pool video. That was all it was. Hey, I followed you before then. Yeah, yeah, I did too. (laughs) I think we both had like two hundred followers when we started following each other. Yeah, I was like, "Who's this guy? He makes knives too. We'll be cool together." (laughs) Look at us now. I don't. (laughs) All these guys that are like, oh, I, I make a bunch of sales on Instagram. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. 
No. It's not. I sold uh, maybe two or three from Instagram, Facebook, and I'm not smart enough to post heavier on Facebook for some reason. I don't know what it is for me. I guess I've got everything funneled to my website good because like I don't get DMs and stuff on Facebook or or rarely. I'll, I'll say I won't. I don't, but rarely. But if people ask about stuff, it's always through my email on my website, which is awesome. That's the way to go, man. Like, yeah. I don't have to push people to it. Like, I, I guess it just worked out well, but yeah. yeah. I haven't updated my website since I built it. So all the knives on there are like two years old and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even put them out today. They're just fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> Every time I go on my website, I get depressed. I'm like, uh. <laughs> I, I, I go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. Okay, fine. Right. Uh, I, I, had, <laughs> I had a uh, I had a customer uh, talk to me when they were picking their knife up, and they're like, "Hey, so I had a question about your website, and it's like there's a knife care page, and it tells you like that you should care for your knife, but it really doesn't tell you how." And I'm like, "What?" I was like, "So apparently, when I've made the website, I like started. I wrote a paragraph about you know like how you know you need to take care of a carbon steel knife, and it's not." you know it's different than stainless and then like i never went back in and like actually wrote down like the care instructions and everything like you every night i've covered all your customers <laughs> exactly yeah hey you need to take care of this thing i'm not gonna tell you how but you need to know uh but no i mean like every knife comes with like a care card and it tells you like what to do you know to take care of your knife but like the website is incomplete and I, I felt like a real idiot about that so apparently i need to update mine as well yeah. I have an interesting business opportunity and I'm not really sure how to go about it. What is it? I got, oh, uh, I want to hear about it. Oh yeah. Uh, I got a guy that's bought three, four of my knives or so. He bought that last Baker knife I made. Um, and he owns a gun shop and no, he's, don't do it. He's, he's not, <laughs> he's not interested in any commissions. So he's just giving me the luxury of having my stuff for sale in his shop. I'm like, that's cool and all, but he's not going to pay me up front. Right. And I so think I know the be... answer, but I'm like, I feel like I should risk it. But. Okay. So, so it's basically going to be consignment. You're going to put the knives. He's going to take payment and then he's going to give you the cash essentially. Right. That's he sell. used that exact word consignment. Yes. Well, that's. That is the term that That's describes the, the situation it. that is well, I had to being it, proposed. So. <laughs> <laughs> my Jeremy, first did, you, did, did you hear my story about about consignment? Yes, it okay. went well. Yeah, but oh, you, it went. I mean, it went in, great. In Jeremy's defense, you picked a bougie fruit stand on the side of the road in Oregon. It's not I exactly don't live in Oregon. Jeez, Washington State, Washington. whatever. They're all Big the same. <laughs> The the left you live on the left coast, and there's, you know, a bougie fruit stand. It didn't go okay. so well. Yeah. Okay. He's, so anyway, he's talking so about a gun, Jeremy. It's it's vastly different. I was just I was just you know whatever. It's still you still have the opportunity to get blindly robbed, like I did on my pass around knife. So I'm pretty leery it's about a, it. Yeah, but also on the pass around knife, you said the guy quite obviously was hooked on meth or some sort of drug. Well, I mean, he told me he was an AA, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little naive on that. My first first thought with the gun store is 
Is he only going to accept payment for them in cash? Because if he takes card, he has to claim that money because it's coming into his business. Hmm. So how's, how's that going to work? That's a valid question. That's why consignment, usually they take 25%, something like that. Handling fee as it Mm -hmm. were. So, and the other question that you need, so you, you really need to work out and I'm not, I'm not kidding. You need to work out a contract with this person. I don't care how close you are to them uh, or how good of a friend they are. You need to work out a contract that you both sign and agree to on how this deal is going to go. And as part of that, it should be that they should be in a glass case that is locked and they can be shown the same way that you would show a gun where somebody's like, Oh, Hey, can I look at that? And then they, you know, you hand it to them. Hey, don't touch the blade. Don't put your fingerprints on it. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't cut yourself with it. Yada, yada, yada. And then it goes back in the case. Yeah. Yeah. So then I do have another slight concern is that he sells a bunch of trash mascus stuff from over the seas, you know? Mm, And I said, like, somebody's going to walk in and be like, okay, why is this knife 200 and the one over there on the shelf that's out in the open $20? You know, you could do it. You're going to be able to explain to him as to why you could buy one of those knives and then cut it in half with your knife like, and then put not, them both in the case together. Yeah. And use it Stuck as the together. display in your case. I like yeah. that. Brian's got the right idea here. What I would do is I would tell I would, I would give him a deal and be like, leave yourself whatever profit margins you're looking for. And then take the take your payment and store credit and amass a beautiful gun collection. <laughs> oh, Ryan's got a. Mm. What if I need a tool in the shop and all my sales are coming from this guy? And I'm like, well, at least I got a really nice 308. Yes, yeah, never, exactly it right. never, never depreciates in value. It's as good as cash sitting in your yeah, buddy. Guns are like, like one of the best investments. You will never lose money on a firearm. I do like uh, cash, though. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm about to do the same thing with the Outfitter store here here locally. Um, and, uh, I mean, pretty much the same thing that they're saying. That's that's the same stuff I'm getting set up. Get yourself a little um, a glass case. Make sure it's in the glass case. Educate those guys, too. Um, I know I know it's probably going to be in the glass case, but, you know, if you, ha- if you have to put something out. But you're going to have to educate them. That way they can educate the customer. Um, and that's going to take time for you and for them. So you've got to make sure that they know that stuff. I'm somewhat lucky because the outfitter store, it's just kind of like a fly fishing and, you know, it's, it's more of a outdoor store, not a gun shop. Um, but like I, what I would say is do a batch of stock removal stuff time everything time everything count your price into everything buy even if you need to buy specific i'm buying 10 grits of this belt 10 grits of this belt 10 grits of this belt i'm buying sandblast media i'm buying i'm buying a specific um that like two-part epoxy i'm buying the specific pin stock that way you know every single thing that is going into it that way, whenever they do take their 25, 30% off the top, you still know what you're making and you're not just handing them knives that you should be making a lot more because they're saying, oh, well, these are 20. We're going to mark them at this price. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And I definitely wasn't going to give him like a, uh, like a bunch of Damascus and a bunch of high end oh. stuff. Well, you, obviously you a trial run. You, yeah, but for your trial run, I would say, and I mean, in, as, as long as you trust this person, because there does need to be some form, some amount of trust in this situation. <coughs> um, but uh, if it starts going good, I mean, get build up a small line of the stock removal stuff, though. That would, that's what I'm gonna do, and most of it's gonna be stone washed. It's gonna be sandblasted it's going to be easy yeah simple quick finishes that way when people walk in they're like oh why is this knife you know two hundred dollars where i can go to walmart and buy one for that he can be like well this is a local maker they know where the steel come comes from everything is sourced from this specific thing they know this they know that they know everything about these knives um and then if I do put some some somewhat high end stuff in there, they can, uh, you know, it's it, that's our job to educate them to be able to sell our products. But yeah, what do you I guys think about the idea of doing some sort of a not a plaque, but like a about about the maker or like something like that, um, like in like a one of those like cheap metal frames with glass paper, a nice font. That says, "Hey, these knives are handmade by this maker in this town, mm-hmm. using this process, and this is what makes them special. And this is the type of steel, and this is why this, and blah 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 blah." Yeah, you know, you we're, could, we're doing you, that you, here. Sure. Yeah, yeah, to the, yeah. That he wants he wants all that stuff set up because he he promotes local like local owned businesses a lot. So he's yeah. But there you go. But, That's the way to do it, man. Yeah. Oh, the consignment. He- the consignment idea, it stresses me out too. Yeah. So he's got, I went in there one day and I talked to, there's, there's three guys that own it and they're all on board. And they're like, yeah, bring them in. Let's sell them. And he's, so all their, the guns that they have under the glass case, every night he said they get put away in a safe. He said, and if you had knives out here, we'd put them in the safe with the guns. Hmm. Like, all right. Well, that's yeah. kind of nice. Well, that At makes sense. Nice. He seemed to be a cool dude. I had that uh, that Damascus uh, Baker Damascus with the copper in it. I had that with me, and I was dropping it off for the one of the owners. And he's like, "Dude, this is badass!" And then you know, I had two, three people walk in the door and we're checking it out, and they're like, "Well, that's a that's a lot of money." They're like, "It's really cool, though." So, yeah. You gotta also well, think of it too. Gun stores—they're not like a willy-nilly type of business. Like you have to have your shit together to run a gun mm-hmm. store, like a legal ffl gun store the the atf and the federal government are up your ass every single bit of paperwork we had a gun store right down the road from my house get shut down because he had some fucked up paperwork can never sell a gun again so they Mm -hmm. they don't mess around especially not these days so these guys aren't going like aa and stuff yeah yeah i don't think so um also with your design or whatever you're gonna put in Put him on speakerphone. Answer it. Put him on speakerphone. Oh, he can't hear us. No. Anyway, I don't. Never mind. Yeah. Shout out to B Cone. What's up, B Cone? Sorry, but, bud. I, I mean, I would, I would keep in mind of like the perp. People aren't going to buy these knives from a gun store to let them sit on a shelf. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't do any like super elaborate handle materials. I'd probably stick to synthetics. Yeah. Because they're they're more durable. Your micartas and G10s and stuff like that. 
Um, my signet line, I do removable scales because if you're gutting an animal with it, it's nice to be able to tear it down and clean it, dry first, it all the way and put it back together. My first thought after being in the gun store and then meeting, you know, a couple of the people that come in the door, dude, I'm honestly thinking like neck knives, like small concealable EDC type of things, like maybe a couple hunt knives, but I'm thinking like more of a concealable, smaller or, or something that, you know, just has like a M lock on it so that they can mount it to the front of their AR. I think oh, now we're making bayonets. <laughs> Jeez, that's not a bad idea, huh? But, I've, but I've seriously, thought about it. I had a customer ask me about it once. Um, and the other thing that you can do is what you want to do is you want to you want to really study um, Magpul colors and you want to get your FDE, get your OD green and, and then, of course, the black so that people can match their ARs for the gun bros who are trying to match when they go to the range and they're doing mag flips and stuff like that. They can have that really, really sweet matching knife to go with it. Have you got carbon fiber in and, there, too? Have oh, you have carbon fiber? B Cone's running out. I don't know what to do because that stuff was so cheap and so good. And he's like, well, I might get it. I might not. And I'm like, bro, where am I going to buy more? <laughs> Need more I've got a fiber, pound bro. of it. I haven't used it because I don't do anything that's one inch wide. Yeah, that's Almost. that's the only problem. I have one sheet of that black pearl that's like three, four inches wide, and I'm saving it. I don't know what for what, but I'm saving it. I just I need more. I need him to get more. So I can I buy it like that, twelve. Some of that X copper, that I copper forge. It's good stuff, but my first idea was just to go to like maritime and they have the multi-layered sheets of G10. I was just yeah. going to buy some of like some of each color and then just make a run. Like I have my, my uh, little warthog EDC make like, make like five of those slap a different color G10 on each one of those. Maybe a little pointy, couple pointy knives, you know, a little, stabby knives. And uh... yeah, I mean, G10, it's so easy to work with. It is nasty. It's fucking yeah. gross. And it will kill things that live in your shop. But like you. It, yeah, like you, if you don't wear a respirator <laughs> or like flying animals, critters, bugs, whatever. <laughs> but it's so easy to work with and you can get such a nice finish on it. Like not that hard. Pickle Very sandblasted easy. some recently and it looked really cool. It was cool. Yeah. And gave it like a texture. I was like, mm-hmm. That's a good idea. I honestly, I just, I do 220. And then I hit it with WD forty. Let it sit. It turned out simple. Pretty okay. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that. This yeah. is like a repeat yeah. of our group chat. <laughs> yeah, like but now the listeners send- gonna know. Yeah, we're just not sending memes back and forth. <laughs> yeah, this is much more appropriate. Hey, speaking of things that are not appropriate, do you guys yes. want to play? Where in the world is Florida Man? Sure. Let's play an ad first before we forget. Mayor time Let's since we just dropped him. We just That's like true. busted out 45 minutes like it was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked up the clock. Hustle like, and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle and Grind use every day. When you check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. Thanks, Luke. And they have a sale going on. It's like 13% off or something like that. I don't know if it's still going to be going when this episode drops. It's like a Christmas sale. 
it's pretty good discounts. But if not, Hustle 10, get you 10% off your order. Get a hat. Where'd you get a, where'd you get a hat? Off their website. I just bought it off their website. <laughs> it's on there. Here's Okay, oh. here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I couldn't find it for the longest time because when I go on their website, I just click like the knife making supplies. You have to hit shop all and then yeah. the hat shows up. So Always. if you hit shop all, then you can find the hat. Um, so anyways, oh, yeah, I had my other one, my wife was complimenting me on the sweat ring that it had, like right around the bottom of the bill. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, babe. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll get a new one. Uh, so now I have my nice hat and then I have my shop hat. So my wife asked me not to wear my hat out with her the other day. I'll bet she did. I'll bet she did. <laughs> Cause the listeners can't see it, but it's a tan Husqvarna hat. It's not. <laughs> It was tan. Yeah, it was tan. All right. Where in the world is Florida Man? You guys ready? Always. Let it rip. So if for whatever reason we have any new listeners, uh, this is a game where Florida Man is the icon that is the start of many different headlines that then continue on to describe some of the most ridiculous situations in the world. Uh, I have three stories in front of me that are all entirely real. Uh, the question is not that it's where did they happen? Did they truly happen in Florida or somewhere else? Where in the world is Florida man? We begin man poisons his nephew's meatball sandwich with eye drops. James Paul Leach 45 was arrested on Wednesday and charged with one count of felony poisoning of food or water. According to the arrest affidavit, a witness at an unnamed business claimed that Leach quote, had issues with his nephew and that he quote, hated him today. The witness allegedly voiced concern that Leach's nephew could become ill from ingesting the eye drops to which the suspect allegedly responded that it would only make the victim shit himself and puke his brains out. <laughs> the unnamed witness then called the police uh, who arrived after Leach's nephew had eaten part of the sandwich. Uh, he refused medical treatment when the police arrived. Uh, but the suspect was taken into custody. So, do you believe that this man who, quote, hated his nephew that day was a Florida man or somewhere else? It could literally happen anywhere. That's what I was thinking. That's a tough one. Okay. Okay. I, I could point out some key parts of the story that, that, are, that are clues, but I'm not going to. Nah. You guys, right you, on. You, guys heard, you guys heard what I said. Ryan, what do you think? Um, what was the movie that was in? Uh, Wedding Crashers. Was it Wedding Crashers? <laughs> yep. I think that movie took place in Florida. I'm going I'm Florida. Gonna say, I think it's. I think it's a trick. So I'm going to say I think it is Florida. I'll be a sheep. You're going to be a sheep. You're all yeah. going to say Florida. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well done, gentlemen. That was indeed Florida. The reason that it was Florida, honestly, I, I forgot about Wedding Crashers. That was a good one, Ryan. I like that. No, the, the the reason that it was Florida is because the dude freaking put them. He bought the eye drops, told the checker that this was what he was going to do, and then poured it on the sandwich while the dude was watching. Like, hey, I'm going to commit a crime, but first I'm going to tell somebody about it. Like, <laughs> it's Florida Florida man level stupidity that uh, that went into that one. So. Uh, shout out to Minuteman Forge for sending that one in. Thank you, sir, for your contribution to the show. Next up, man goes fishing in Bass Pro Shops Pond. Please, with live 50-pound tarpon. 
Invest- officials are investigating a fishy situation after a man was caught on camera walking through a Bass Pro Shops location while holding a large fish in a net. The county sheriff's office said they were looking for a male suspect who was accused of grabbing a fishing net from the shelf at the hunting and fishing store and used it to steal a live tarpon from the store's fish pond. The man then fled the store in an unknown direction with a 50-pound tarpon. Uh, police shared the video of the unusual theft on a Facebook post asking for the public's help. Uh, they're attempting to locate the retail theft suspect, but not just your normal retail theft, the deputies wrote on Facebook. We, we, we guess you could say this is this will officially catch your eye. Officially, dude, <laughs> our our local police department does crap like that puns in their Facebook yeah. post when they're looking for someone. Ours does too, but it's twenty minutes away, so I feel like if it was Ohio, I would have heard about it. I want to say I heard about this, but I don't remember where it was. And there's a good chance it was probably Texas. <laughs> <laughs> there's big there's big Bass Pro Shops all over the. I didn't leave any clues in this one, at least that I'm mm-hmm. aware of. I mean, there's big Bass Pro Shops everywhere, and uh, I guess I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything for you guys. This is this is all on you. Fifty pound tarpon. I feel like it's not Florida, and the reason why is because Florida has the gnarliest fucking wildlife. You don't need to do something <laughs> illegal in a Bass Pro Shop if you want to wrangle a big scary monster. So. I'm yeah. going to go not Florida. That's true. I, in you Florida, just... you just go in your backyard and wrestle a gator. <laughs> or giant bears. Iguanas, boa constrictors. I'm going Missouri. Going Missouri. Are tarpon freshwater or saltwater? I don't know fishing. I'm not a fisherman. I'm going to go with saltwater. saltwater fish. Yeah, those are definitely salt. Fish? Yeah, they are. I'll be the oddball and I'll say Florida. My man. Uh, <laughs> you ever been in the uh, Bass Pro Shops in the Northeast and seen a tarpon in the tank? No, no I've never been no to the Northeast. So. No. No. Ours, are, ours are bass. Exactly. They Actually, are up here too. They got bass or salmon or something like that. They only have all our stuff here is freshwater tanks. Florida. Yep. Yeah, I didn't like... even know they had saltwater tanks in Bass Pro Shops. I had never been to a Bass Pro Shop or a Cabela's until like two years ago. And we were going to Boston and the wife was like, do you want to stop at Cabela's? And I was like, sure. (laughs) It's amazing. It's unreal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went in there and I was like, what the fuck? Like, holy crap. They got like swimming pool size fish tanks with fish in them. Every stuffed animal you could possibly think of, like taxidermied animal. Like they had a. Mine's in Maine. They had a full moose as soon as you walked through the door. Like a yeah. taxidermied 13-foot-tall bull moose. <laughs> it's an amazing place. It's it's literally like uh, like Disney World for middle-aged men. <laughs> yeah, they have they had a gun in the wall in the gun section, and it was behind like break-proof glass, and it was like $28,000 for this gun. I can't even yeah. remember what caliber it was. It was some antique rare gun that somehow Cabela's ended up with. And it yeah. was in a safe in the wall. You could look through some glass. The biggest Cabela's in Washington is in Lacey, Washington. And the first time I went there, they had 
I can't remember if it was actually a gun that John Wayne used or if it was some sort of like John Wayne edition gun, but it wasn't even for sale. They just had it in like this museum section where you could just look at it. And I was just like, oh, oh. it was amazing. Yeah. Does that mean that somebody works for them, that that's their job is to source rare antique guns to put in their museum section? Dude, can you imagine being a gun curator for Cabela's? That would be cool. That would be cool. This is a very gun centric episode. Fine. (laughs) All right. I got one more story. (sighs) This is a good one. Thieves tried to siphon gasoline from a bus, but picked the wrong tank and ended up with a mouthful of raw sewage. Zero interest in recovering the stolen goods. The would be thieves who are trying to siphon petrol from a tourist bus got more than they bargained for when they tapped the sewage tank. The unidentified opportunists spotted this parked bus in the middle of the night. When they tried to steal the fuel, the mystery offenders got a nasty surprise, a mouthful of raw sewage. Police discovered the unsavory mix-up when they found a discarded cap next to the bus, which had none of its fuel taken. Not Florida. (laughs) Not Florida. That was quick, Jeremy. He said petrol. Oh, good catch. Dude, ain't nowhere in the U.S. calling it petrol. No, that's some <laughs> limey fucks over over across the ocean. And it, sorry, that was aggressive. I didn't mean it. <laughs> that was really aggressive. Wow, I didn't mean it like that. Are, I apologize to all the limey Brits out there. Would you are like you... to call out a different podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are lowbrow. That's, fine, that's to, true. Lowbrow. That's according fine. to a teacher. You know what they say about teachers? Those who can't do teach. Uh, My wife's a teacher. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Jeremy's going, not Florida. What about uh, what about you, Ryan? Mm, I'm, I got all distracted by the aggressiveness of my <laughs> comment. I didn't mean it that aggressive. Um, hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with Jeremy, not Florida. See, I want to say not Florida because of the petrol thing, too. Cause I was like, like that, that, that caught my ear and I was like, hold up. I've been watching a bunch of Ted Lasso. So it was like, that's not something we say. Um, but I kind of want to go for broke and say Florida, because that sounds like that, that is the epitome of a meth head right there. You know, that is literally <laughs> methamphetamines. Uh, well, they're a shithead now. Oh, they're a shithead a, now. Yeah. I, yeah. I found a gas port. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been around a meth head listeners, but they are squirrely. Yeah. And oh, they think yeah. they're brilliant. It's weird. I think it must be a side effect <laughs> of the drug. They think every idea that they have is awesome at the time. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to smoke this meth and become president. Anyways. All right. I'll Micah, go not Florida. I'll go not right. Florida. Jeremy, well done. That nice. was in Western Australia. Nice. And I... I purposely left that in. The, even the headline said petrol before, and I had to change it. I just left one of them in there just to see if anyone would catch it. So well done, you. Uh, that stuff. was sent in by David Burke, and then the Bass Pro Shop one was sent in by Brad Troxclair of Troxclair Custom Cutlery. I can't say that one fast. So thank you, gentlemen, for your contributions to the show, sending us some great stories. We appreciate you. Did we even keep score? Did we win? You guys cool. killed it. Uh, it was three. We got three. Two for three. I don't I was, know. I think it was whatever. The second one was Florida, right? Yeah. So I got three for three. 
So Micah got three for three. <laughs> and you guys you guys were two for three. So, so pretty Micah good. just can't stop winning, bro. That's <laughs> just what it is. All right, I want to clarify. We love the fire and steel guys. <laughs> oh jeez. Okay. Even yeah. though Toby insinuated that they canceled the show on us on purpose after me and Noah changed our work schedules around and then called us lowbrow. I I forgive you, Toby. I forgive you. I'm not sure if I do. I might, I don't know what you're talking about yet. So I'm going to have to listen to their show and find out. And And honor didn't do anything wrong. It's all Toby. (laughs) Toby's a fucking troublemaker. He's a, a a minger. I think is the term. Minger. Minger? Minga. Minga? Minga. Minga. Minga, Minga, Minga. Anyways. I don't know I what sent, any... I sent Honor a big box of wood the other day, some burl and stuff, and I included some nice artwork in there. So, that'll be good. That was nice of you. Get I'm some sure nice videos uh, out of that. Yeah. Different medium. It was a hand-drawn portrait. Um, I don't know if it'll get posted online, but I did my best. <laughs> Hand drawn portrait. All right. Noah saw it. Doesn't get classier than that, honestly. Uh, no, I'll put it in the group chat so you guys know what I'm talking about. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> we got we're almost an hour in. Let's uh, do one more sponsor and then we'll do some closing out uh, talking before we head on over to an after show. This flew by. Flew by. Flew by. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Thanks, Luke. Uh... What was he, uh, Lawrence just posted the other day. He's got some natural blocks up for sale, and some curly. they're some really like high, high grade curly. So for any of you guys out there that do your own stabilizing, uh, or shoot, even if you you know regularly send stuff into K and G, it's very very affordable to pick up some really high grade stuff. You can get it dyed however you want it. If you do your own dyeing, that's great. Um, so definitely um, don't skip over the natural section of wood when you're on the Maritime website. Um, and he also, I think he just got some more of the Atlas um, forge tools and stuff. He's got some anvils, some hardy tools. I mean, it's really quality stuff at entry-level prices um, up on his website. So make sure you check all that stuff out at Maritime Knife Supply. <laughs> I just got to borrow that hex side, big hex stock that I'm ready to play with. I've had to, I've had to like back myself down from the corner while doing Christmas stuff. So yeah. Hey, I've, uh, since it's Christmas, uh, have you guys got anything interesting knife making stuff or anything fun? No. Um, I haven't really gotten a whole lot. I'm kind of a kind of solid man. question. Don't really my my wife gets pissed things. off at me because I just buy everything that I want. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, I just buy what I want. Uh, I, I did make, uh, so I been over spending time with family. And as everyone knows, that means that you tend to maybe overindulge in 
alcohol at, at times. And, uh, so I went ahead and ordered myself a laser pecker the other night after I'd had maybe one or two too many. <laughs> Jesus. I've had some late night shopping sprees, but that's a bit much. <laughs> so dude, I've been on the fence about it for a while. And I, I happened to, I, I had a bunch of ready-made knives and then I had a couple customs. And so I made some, some sales, uh, unexpectedly. And so I had a little bit extra laying around and I'm like, well, I'm thinking about getting a laser pecker and I've been, you know, I threw up a, you know, a thing on my stories to see if anybody, you know, had any feedback after using one for a while. Cause that's kind of the concern, you know, when you spend that much money on one tool, you know, the only other thing that I've spent that much money on is something like, you know, my Ameribraid. Well, Ameribraid has a pedigree and I can see their quality and I can see many different amazing makers using their, their tools being very uh, happy with them and you can see the quality in it you know it's not in a little electronic box you know you can see the quality same thing with like my coal iron works press i can see the quality i can hear the quality from tons and tons and tons of top level makers well with the laser pecker chinese made little infrared laser you don't really have that you don't have the pedigree you don't have you know the the feedback of people using these things for years so my question is is you know everybody's buying these how long are they going to last? You know, like how, how are they to live with, you know? And so I got some good feedback. Um, there are some other lasers out there. I know Dennis is a big fan of the X tool F one. Um, and as always, he threw out a great video about it. Um, shout out to Dennis, uh, Dennis Tyrell, Tyrell Knifeworks, um, amazing YouTube channel, um, to go and subscribe to. And he had did this great, review of it the problem is is that it's not like the laser pecker you can't just hook your phone up to it with bluetooth you have to have like a computer or some something along those lines it hook up hooks up to wi-fi and uh i can't do that in my shop i don't have i can't have a laptop out there it will not last with the dust um and i don't even have the space on my countertop for it honestly like i really don't Mm -hmm. um so no laptop in the shop for me so i went ahead and went with the laser pecker uh, it doesn't have some of the capabilities. The X tool has some amazing capabilities. The thing is, I probably wouldn't use most of them anyways. So I just went ahead and went with the laser pecker and we'll see how Which it goes. Which pecker you get? The LP3? The LP3. Yeah, the LP3. The LP4 has stuff that I don't need. And then the, the one and two are not good enough for what I need. So the LP3 is just right there in the middle with pretty much exactly what I need and nothing that I don't. So I'm so torn because this. <laughs> like you said, with lasers, there's like a hundred different ones that everybody's using. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's like, I haven't heard much <clears throat> negative feedback on any of them, which makes deciding even harder. Because yeah. when you spend that much money, you the last thing you want is to be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. You know, you spend two grand and it's like, oh, this thing won't etch a fucking soda can. That's the problem. <laughs> well, and... and- Jeremy and I had a conversation with this the other day and he, he brought up a great point, which is something that I've kind of intuitively thought for a while, but hadn't really put into words, which is we're all chasing the results of a fiber laser without wanting to spend the money on a fiber laser. Pretty much. And it's, so it's, it's like a constant and I'm, you know, I'm the same way. This is the third laser that I bought and it's like, I really want it to last and just work for what I need it to work for. Otherwise, I should have just dropped three grand on a, you know, a 20 or a 30 watt fiber laser and just been done with it. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I made the right choice. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it works when I get it. Um, Jeremy was kind enough to do some test etches for me on a piece of MagnaCut that he had. 
And if it'll etch Magna Cut, then I feel pretty confident that it'll etch anything that I need it to. So, is it? Are you getting the similar results to a fiber? Like what people are saying you're getting with a fiber laser? I mean, it, you look at like Brian House. He's making touch marks with his fiber laser. Yeah, and I'm not touching that. Yeah, well, and I'm, <laughs> but, I'm, I'm more meaning. I'm more meaning just for etching because. I, I'm I'm on that same I'm on that same fence. Like I don't want to spend that amount on a fiber laser, but in the same sense, I've I've looked at you know I, I know you guys have ta- I've talked to I think I've talked to both of you guys about the whole X tool thing, and I've talked to other people about other stuff, and I have I have a little piddly one that'll do wood and leather and stuff, but it doesn't do it good. But I'm at that fence of do I want to buy you know same that same idea of should I try these and get, you know, three different lasers or just save up for a while and throw that chuck at, you know, a 20 watt fiber laser, you know? I mean, I guess I, I don't know. I, I, I sent the guys a video. I did the Magna cut and I did, I had like five different of my maker marks and I did like one pass, two pass, three pass, four pass, five pass. And on the one that I did five passes on, I took an, another knife and was like scraping it. And you can hear it catching. And it's not, I mean, it's not like crazy deep, but yeah. it's, it's enough to catch, catch the, the tip of a knife on. And for me, for Magnica, like in the past, like yeah. with the X tool, I've had problems like trying to do um, like even ABL. And it's just not, it's not touching it. And I've, I've tried doing a ton of passes on it and it was, you know, it, it was taking 40 minutes to etch my maker's mark. Yeah. And it, I can yeah. hand sand it yeah. off in a couple strokes. Yeah. See, I, I want them deep as fuck. Yep. I want them. I want them never coming out. You're never going to grind that out. And if you try, you're going to fuck the knife up. See, then, like, then yeah. you, for you, you're, you need to wait and, and fork the three, $4,000 out for a fiber laser. Yeah. You're just not going to get it with, with the eye. <laughs> yeah. There's a few things on the list ahead of that. I guess I'm going to keep doing electro etching. Yeah, well, that's why I asked well, Noah because he had a couple different things he wanted. And I said, well, what do you hate more? You know, what, what would you rather not do? So. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we kind of came down to. Jeremy actually helped me do this, make this decision quite a lot. I, and, I had you know, nothing to do with the booze though. that's true that that, that was my brother-in-law that was pouring the booze uh i had a great time it's fantastic uh but yeah um and i I, you know i think it'll work for what i want it to but you know the other thing that i found out doing a little bit of online research is uh omtech is a fairly prevalent laser company and they make a bare bones 20 watt fiber laser and it's listed at 2400 bucks and I mean, when you're thinking about spending, you know, fifteen hundred to two thousand on whether it's an X tool or one of the one of the different laser peckers, I mean, if you can just bump up a little more money to twenty four hundred, I mean, that's not a huge difference. Um, so, those guys that are going to be using their laser for more than maybe just doing touch marks, guys that are wanting to do, you know, other different projects and stuff. Because I mean, if you're, you know, a full time maker or even more more than than what i do there's a lot that you can do for marketing for uh smaller items um all different kinds of stuff that you can do with a laser 
that is going to make you money. And a fiber laser is definitely going to do all those things better than an IR laser. So something to consider. You can cut out leather with it, right? You can make sheets. No, no. I well, can, en- no. I can engrave <laughs> leather really well, actually. Um, but you ain't cutting it. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people want the LP four is because it has the two different types of lasers, one that you can cut wood and leather with, and then one that you can engrave with. Oh, see, so for somebody like Micah, who's doing his own sheaths, that might make more sense than the LP3. But if you're sending out for sheaths or you do Kydex, can't imagine you want to cut Kydex with a laser. That would probably stink. I bet it would smell (laughs) real bad. It would probably melt it a little bit, too. Kydex is pretty easy to cut. I don't think we need to get that crazy. (laughs) I know, I know, I know Clay Unruh, um, Ironborn Forge, I don't remember what he's, I think he's got an X tool. Or something like that, but I know he cut some leather with his. Um, but I don't know what setup he's got. Like I, I have no idea. Um, but I know it. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't take a like. It wouldn't take a lot for me to try and do something like that, to where I could just program some stuff in, and you know, hit send and cut all that shit out all at one time. Because mm-hmm. yeah, doing eight to 10 sheaths at a time for a quick run just to knock them out so I can play with whatever I want to. Yeah. That would make life a whole lot easier. You see what Matt Berger is doing with his X tool? No, no, dude. He just did two, um, two fireman's axes and he engraved out like, you know, that skull with like the tattered flag thing. Yeah. So he like lasered that out and then filled it with black epoxy resin and then sand it over. looks sweet. Hmm. And he's That's doing cool. all of his like leather sheaths with it. he's cutting them out. Uh, he's, well, he, I mean, see, he's using it to a lot more fuller potential than what I was when I had the X tool. I saw was, was, was it Ed Soul who was etching like images in the side of the blades, like waves and fish and shit? Yeah, Ed Soul does some cool engravings on the sides of his for sure. I don't know what kind of laser he has though. I just kind of assumed that it was a, a fiber laser that he was using. I could be wrong. Ed, if you're listening, Sh- shoot me a DM. Shout out to Eduardo. I mean, I'm pretty happy with this out of the X tool or the, the laser pecker. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and the, detail that was... that, the detail that you're able to get with the, the uh, laser pecker is phenomenal. So yeah, um, back to the leather sheath thing, something that just occurred to me. Let's say you did have the the LP4 or even the, um, the F1 from X tool that Dennis reviewed. Um, I wonder if you could do your stitching holes as well. Like you just create this pattern. It cuts it out. Probably do a pilot hole. Right. And then Mm -hmm. it just lasers out all that. And then when you're stitching, all you're doing is just pushing through the, the hole that the laser made. How incredible would that be? I know that if you're doing batch work, like you are Micah, where you've got your, your EDC blades, they're all basically the same shape and size. And you've just got this, one template and it just lasers out all those little holes and like that would be phenomenal yeah i know clay he's he's doing he does a lot of grommets instead of stitching and he cuts out all his grommet holes and then slaps it all together i know the only the only problem with that is though whenever you're whenever you go to glue in your welt and all that stuff if all those holes are off by any point you know it's a it's probably a pain gotcha okay Especially being small holes, because all, all I do is I take them I take them out to the drill press, and I've got a uh, 
shoot, what is it? Point. I don't know. It's like it's like a a thou under. It's millimeters, but it's like a thou under a sixteenth of an inch because that's the needle size. So, so I, like just a small I just ass, I, a small yeah. ass drill bit. Yep, and I just okay. I just punch all the punch all those holes and just let it roll. So yeah, gotcha. All right. Hell yeah. All right. Well, guys, it's been uh, an hour and 12 minutes. Is there anything else that you gentlemen would like to talk about on the main show before we head over to an after show with our lovely patrons? Merry Christmas, everybody. Yep. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Let's I'm make release 20, this 2024 early. fucking happen. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I had a good 2023. Can't complain. Can't, Can't complain. complain. Well. Yeah. Can't complain. But we're going to make 2024 our bitch. I mean, we all mm-hmm. got to make, we all got to go to Blade this year. So that was pretty sweet. That I'm was, going, yeah, we're yes. going this year too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm doing all three this year. You're an animal. Damn. You're going to have tables though. Yes. So in yeah. theory, it should fund itself. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Fingers Ideally. crossed. <laughs> right on, guys. Well, hey, this is a fun episode. I didn't really even have to think at all. So I appreciate that. Um, hope all you lovely listeners enjoyed it. Um, if you are one of the awesome people who support us on Patreon, you get to listen to a little bit more intricate talk and maybe some little secrets in the after show. Are you excited? I'm excited. Sneaky secrets. Sneaky, sneaky. Play us out. Play us oh. out. Oh. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.